so I think we should probably preface this with neither of us know anything about the early modern period we are completely (laughs) we are complete shite bags um we know nothing (laughs) that's fine I can can tell you they were all witches who you know had pets no didn't you believe were they they did obviously (laughs) tell us anything we'll believe it (laughs) yeah totally (laughs) treats like undergrads I mean, even worse than undergrad, to be honest, I, I avoided most of the um, early modern courses. My undergrad, I had a from Renaissance to Romantics kind of module at Warwick. And it started off with the first ever lecture I had on it was for some reason they played the opening clip of Hercules with all the music. I'd have been in there. I mean, I was in, but I was also just like, I don't understand how this has anything to do with it. She was like, welcome. And I was like, I this is some very kind of like blatant sort of like, come on, kids, here's a yeah. Disney clip. They probably use the same Disney clip for the past 20 years. I I have no idea what the rationale was for including it, but I'm sure there was some like reason for including maybe something to do with the fact there was like lots of gods and icons and symbols. I don't know. I I used to give a lecture on uh, Mel Flanders wearing my full 17th century outfit. Iconic. (laughs) Yeah, well, I can't fit into it anymore. I was slimmer then, but it was um, it was great because I was used to, I used to do reenactment. It's a bit embarrassing, but I did, and, and I was quite comfortable wearing that stuff, and so it didn't bother me in the slightest. And I walk in kind of around the back of the seats, and so I sort of walk towards the front, and the students just notice me, and then they like they just kind of they don't to do with themselves, whether to laugh or be shocked or make a in the wrong room. Um, and I just walking in, yeah. What was the what was the costume? What did it look like? Well, it was like, you know, 17th century women's outfit with like a sort of a bodice and tie, the laced bodice and couple of skirts and petticoats and a bum roll and like malarkey. Amazing. Um, <laughs> Iconic. Like, I think that's absolute goals. Like, I, I, I think, I mean, I, I've not managed to do a, a sort of costume lecture yet, but I mean, it's on the list. <laughs> that's like, the absolutely. Rue the day anyone lets me lecture on Wuthering Heights. I mean, you don't want to encourage <laughs> things because this is this is my karaoke song that I've done since I was sixteen. <laughs> full dance, full impersonation, and I'm actually going to Haworth on well tomorrow uh, for my birthday, which I'm going to spend at the Bronte Parsonage because <laughs> I'm a loser, and I'm going to insist that my wife films me singing Wuthering Heights on the Moor, and she's going to hate every second. I'm very excited <laughs> to see the video, but. <laughs> but so obviously you're talking to children here like in terms of <laughs> early modern knowledge so what do we need to know about the early modern periods again we're children okay um right well they were all witches um they all had pet toads and died before they were five right great amazing it's amazing that five-year-olds <laughs> could write that well <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they got married at 11 because, of course, Romeo and Juliet is a documentary. Oh, oh yes, of course. Praxis. But we haven't actually introduced you, though. Louise has just skipped oh, shit, ahead sorry. to like, helping. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> I was just, I was panicking about the fact that I know so little. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything. You haven't even given us a chance to introduce the person who's teaching us. My God. Okay. <laughs> Should I do the intro? Do you want to do the intro and I can do the kazoo? Or what do you want to do? I'll do the intro and you okay. can do the kazoo. Great. Exciting. Um, because, oh no, I forgot to bring it down to my in-laws. So sad. <laughs> Alex has to do it. <laughs> 
Hello and welcome to Law My Praxis. This week we're taking a trip into early modern London, courtesy of the self-proclaimed sweary prof, Professor Tracy Hill. Tracy is Professor of Early Modern Literature and Culture at Bath Spa University and is currently heading up an AHRC project on Civic London 1558 to 1642, which uncovers the history of drama and music in early modern London and proves that civic pageantry was fun in capital letters. I think that was Alex. And silly, also in capital letters. Um, <laughs> so gird your loins for pageantry, pageantry, which I can't say that. So this is say awkward. Pageantry. <laughs> pomp. I can say pomp. And pretending to be envy sitting on a rhinoceros eating a human heart. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Was, how accurate was that? Did we, did we manage it or...? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you made it sound quite sort of intellectual, which is um, not really the impression I wanted to give, really. But I'll, I'll... <laughs> quick, undo the undo the picture. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for legitimizing your work. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, you shouldn't have put that in that terrible, that terrible acronym. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, 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 I'm the rhino was was unfortunately with double books, so we're gonna have to just kind of imagine the rhino. <laughs> Well, tell us about the rhino because what is that from? I was having, I was racking my brain about like the very, very little I know about early modern pageantry, and I just couldn't remember it at all what that was from. I didn't try to rack my brain. I was thinking Spencer. Was it even Spencer? I don't know if it was Spencer. That wasn't even pageantry. I don't know what I'm doing. Oh God. Um. Okay. And envy is. I'm going to be saying something boring. I'll try and make it less boring. Emily is an emblematic figure who's used a great deal in lots of early modern kind of literature and culture and stuff, obviously. But I'm sure Spencer will mention Emily. And you recognise Emily because of what she's doing and what she's wearing or not wearing because she's bare-breasted um, and has a snake. Um, yes. And he's kind of thin and eager-looking and kind of... Like that. Um, and in one of the Lord Mayor's shows, she features quite a lot because she kind of works really well as a kind of figure that's shown that Lord Mayor has, has got to face up to the envy of other people and, you know, corruption and people trying to tempt him into bad ways when he needs to be a really good guy for a year. Um, so she does crop up quite a lot. But in one particular instance, Middleton has her on a rhinoceros and she's eating a human heart. So that's kind of, you know, like, like he would. I mean, that is like we were talking about goals in terms of lecture goals like I think entering into a lecture on a rhino eating a human heart that is that is how I want to come back into face-to-face teaching let me tell you yeah presumably with your tits out yes (laughs) bare-breasted on a rhinoceros eating a human heart welcome to your first lecture at university everybody probably carved but I guess it might have been like a sort of child, children's toy on like wheels like little like yeah. a, those little dogs have back in you know the dark ages and they kind of weave it on maybe I don't know and the human heart they might have used I don't know a pig's heart or sheep's heart or maybe a human heart I mean everyone was dying at the age of five from the poor why not exactly yeah yeah, yeah that's it I heard they're all witches yes <laughs> Witches love eating human hearts. We know that much. Yeah. Fact, fact. I'm interested. I've also phrased this wrong, but I was like, I'm interested in the bare-breastedness. Yes, I am. But otherwise, <laughs> um, is that is that a usual thing? Is that just envy or is envy, that... Envy is always tits out, yeah. Tits out. Like, do, the, do all sort of female-coded emblems have their tits out? I, I have to you, I'm afraid they don't. 
Oh, no. Just envy and envy's envy's like envy's not a bad person. You don't really want to hang out with envy. But are they are they you know are the tits to be envied? Is that part of it in terms of like she's very like fertile and like you know bosomy, or is it more oh, sort of like no 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 the, the, withered and the, haggard and you know withered and haggard yeah and they're kind mm. of the two and it was sort of a bit like oh dear I mean we love a droopy boob let's not go there but like sports bras weren't a thing then <laughs> <laughs> the wonder bra made it to 17th century London I'm afraid no. oh sad despite all the sad costuming <laughs> I mean all I do know about early modern plays and theatre and playing in general is that it was outrageous and insane in terms of the lavishness and the kind of set designs and the emblems. What is the most outrageous piece of staging that you know about? Uh, I mean, Envy on a Rhinoceros is it's, it's definitely up there. Um, <laughs> I think um, another Middleton one a few years earlier, he had Envy was in it again, actually, without Rhino this She's time. everywhere. Just hanging out on the corner with her tits out. At one point, but at the end, when it was dark, Zeal who obviously is ill, um, who probably was fully clothed um, and also a man, had a firework and set fire to Envy's chariot. That was pretty cool. Um, it does something you only really do once. You can't really kind of practice it unless you've got like a succession of chariots parked up. Bring the next one in, that didn't work right. Sorry, how did health and safety work in those days? <laughs> had, I said, what you would call a lax attitude towards health and safety. I mean, there was one occasion where um, a woman gets given... Sixpence in compensation because her husband was blown to smithereens by a cannon. Right, and what's that in, to, what's that in today's, like, you know... Not that much. Inflation, 30 quid, I've got no idea. Like, with these kind of things, with pageants, and we'll get on to the sort of civic pageant, were they literally, like, a one-off event? You mentioned, like, health and safety has a bit of an issue here, but the idea of, like you say, like, setting fire to a chariot multiple times, it's kind of... The, the pageants and masks that I know about were kind of just one big night events, and that was it. Were, were there things ever repeated or was it literally just sort of like welcome to this one night um you have the special vip entry ticket and uh this is the best party you'll never go and see again yeah i'm nodding i don't know why i'm nodding because it doesn't translate terribly well to podcasts but anyway imagine me nodding um, <laughs> yes they weren't as much as they didn't do it exactly the same way every year but there was a lot of repetition but the, the actual events like there's a lot of their show every year, but it just had different like animals and strange things in it. On the whole, they tended to kind of they they sort of like have, have a ship. They were really pop, really keen on ships. So they have a ship. One year the ship would be Jason's Argo. The Argonauts go off to Colchis to get the Golden Fleece. Bloody bloody blur. Here's Jason and you know not that's not much of a deer. Um, and the Golden Fleece and, <laughs> and it's the Argo. And then that's the the Joker's company say. And then a couple of years later it might be the Fishmongers company. And it's the the Fishmongers. Pride or something, I don't know, the the, <laughs> the mouldy herring or something, I don't know. Um, and then another it'd be something else, you know, so it's probably the same boat. Um, but, you know, you have to use your imagination quite a lot. They're very good at sort of, so Ducker particularly is really good at saying, right, you have to just kind of just put yourself in the mood, you know, and just imagine that this is happening. But they did have a much bigger stage than the theatres did. I mean, they had the whole city to play with. They had the river to play with. They had tubes mm. They had the open air, you know. So if they set fire to something by accident, it wasn't necessarily the end of the world, unless it was 1666, of course, in which case it was. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you know, 1613, they set fire to the globe and it burnt down, ha-ha. Um, Interesting. So what you're saying is that pageants are responsible for all the major fires in London. I like it. Yeah, I think, I mean, if I'd been Middleton in 1613, I would have set fire to Shakespeare, actually, cut out, cut out the middleman, you know, gone straight for it. But, 
Yeah, that's just me. I'm fine with that. I hate Shakespeare with a passion. I have strong feelings about Shakespeare. But you can't Johnson's books come out, can you? Oh, Johnson's book. Ah, oh. I mean, I haven't been quite as excited about um, a politician writing a book as I was about um, Jacob Rees-Mogg when he took on the Victorians. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as a Victorianist, that's my favourite model for how not to discuss the Victorian period. I know a lot of people that set it on their courses, <laughs> being like, we don't write like this. It's so shit. Um, God. But uh, yeah, I, I'm just imagining that um, Bojo will have a lot of fantastic things to say, being the wordsmith that he is. Well, um, <laughs> only modern Twitter is, has been absolutely alive to people speculating about who these ghostwriters might be. Because we're all pretty sure he hasn't, he's not actually writing it himself. I'm, so, I'm sure there's no libel laws about that. Is there no, there's a series of rumours going around that he actually has approached a couple of very well-known Shakespeare scholars and asked them to write it for him. Ooh, amazing. So I hear. Probably not true. Do they get in on the organic takeaways? <laughs> That's how they're paid. <laughs> yeah, get in on that. 800 pounds a week of organic takeaway. needs to be feeding someone. You're not going to put your name to it, are you? Because basically its starting point is going to be Shakespeare was just like Churchill. Well, <laughs> he was, wasn't he? Wasn't he? Exactly. Which famine did uh, Shakespeare make worse? Yeah, make worse. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which one did he engineer? Oh, he was busy writing, writing masterpieces at times in times of plague and shit, you know, so... I see I see the model here. It's like, oh, it's getting quite meta for Bojo, actually, isn't it? Like, oh, Shakespeare wrote King Lear during the plague. So during 2020 and COVID, I'm going to write about Shakespeare. Wow. Here we go. Like, what, what a... Genius. Do you, reckon, do you think this is why he's not been to any of the Cobra meetings? He's just been writing this book. That's what the press have been saying, isn't it? Yeah, that's the rumour, which I kind of love, but I don't. Like, I was just taking I, the piss. Is that actually the rumour? That's yeah. the rumour, yeah. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> I think that's what... I think they're saying that Cummings said that because he's been focusing on his oh, book yeah, on yes. Shakespeare. <laughs> I love it. This is incredible. I think Buzz. Oh, my God, it's hilarious, isn't it? It's so funny. Look at this. I mean, speaking of Lord Mayors, though, because like I actually don't know anything about the Lord Mayors show. So you've described it on one of the websites and papers I was reading earlier as an acoustic assault, which sounds very kind of like contemporary and and uh, sounds like this podcast. Johnson is an acoustic. Yeah, this is an acoustic assault. Um, can you explain <laughs> to us a little bit about what is the Lord Mayor's show? What was it? Why was it? Why why was it, Tracy? Why was it? Um, yeah, why was it? <laughs> what is it? Why was it? And would they appreciate the kazoo? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They, they, like, you've got drums, you've got fives, you've got trumpeters, you've got the occasional flautist. I'm sure there's space on the barge for a kazoo. <laughs> amazing, actually. You should do that for your next funding bid. <laughs> well, I, we are doing a reenactment of, of part of one of the shows this autumn in, in, in the city, so um, we've got a meeting about that later on. So I might, I'll mention it to my collaborators and say someone's got to bring kazoo along because Alex told us to. Speaking of the kazoo, we like to curate a kazoo jingle for our guests. And Alex will play it and it's kind of, it's name that tune. Why is it relevant to your research? And I apologise in advance because this is not going to go well. (laughs) 
I haven't, I haven't listened to it in a really long time. I mean, I know what it is. And it's not and that, is it? It's not that. <laughs> Thoughts? No. <laughs> Don't just sing the lyrics into the kazoo. <laughs> you, did, you did that the other week. <laughs> I totally did. <laughs> you can have to give me a clue because um, I have no idea. Queen? Oh, We're the Champions? No. Mm-mm. No? Oh, something that, else by no. Queen? Yeah, something That'd else be quite by good. Queen. <laughs> Okay. Um, I don't Shame know. Sorry. Oh, late queen. I see. Right. I'm sorry. Late queen. Yeah. Yeah. I was going for the greatest showman, but apparently I've Alex never seen that. Know that. I've also not heard that Queen song in a very long time. So basically, I don't know why you asked me to do it this week. And you should have brought your kazoo with you down south. It's a good point because you know it did, it did get rained off occasionally. Um, you know, late October. So with you asked me about Lord yes. Mayor, I answered that because you started fanning around with kazoo. Um, <laughs> nothing to do with the Khan or even or even our great leader. Um, there still is a Lord Mayor. The current one is called William Russell. He follows me on Twitter. Right, yeah. So uh, yeah, he's kind of there for a year. So apart from that, he's there for two years this time because of the plague. So they didn't have one last year. Yeah, he basically in the early modern period, he's like really, really important. Um, and now, and nowadays, he just represents the financial sector and holds massive, great big parties, which they did then. Big parties, any excuse, but massive, massive piss up. They spent a lot on <laughs> and beer, and they put sugar in their wine. It's like, ooh, ooh, delicious. Oh. No. <laughs> so, if you wanted to become Lord Mayor of London, what would you have to do? Like, who, like, who gets who nominated for these things? <laughs> yeah, who do you have to sleep with? Who do you have to pay? Who do your parents have to be? How, Did you how have do to they go decide? To like, <laughs> yeah, well, you had you had to basically you had to buy off the two sheriffs. You know, make, make an make an offer they couldn't refuse. Basically, ah, oh, so horses' heads. Yeah. Human hearts, horses' heads, that kind of thing. You have to look good in the cap and maintenance, which is like a big hat of squirrel fur. I'm, again, totally non-audio gestures here. Um, but yeah, a big hat of squirrel fur. Um, you have to be very unselfconscious about wearing a very, very fancy gown and a big chain of like golden S's, which would make you clank, I think, a lot probably as you walked around. So people would know you are coming. And was that the only qualification? Like, what sort of people would go for this? Is it was it a nominated position or? Well, you had to be a man. Oh, um, damn it. Sta- standard. Yeah, sorry, and, and like really loaded. They had one who wasn't loaded in sixteen twenty, and he basically was so not loaded, he ran away. <laughs> he couldn't afford it, so he just buggered off. That was quite funny. Um, <laughs> Did you pay for your own parade? No, but you had to pay for all the parties, and there were a lot of parties. Oh shit! Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, these men were fucking loaded. We were talking like, you know, ridiculously wealthy men. So, you know, apart from the one who fucked off. Okay, so we know what sort of people were thinking. Okay, cool. You join us live from the latest UCU negotiations with Universities UK, where it's just been requested that the proposed cuts to pensions do not go ahead as scheduled. No. Show must go! We have forgotten to do a lot of our usual beginning stuff. Um, I mean, I love so... you. You're phrasing this as we have forgotten, and not that Louise went off on several different tangents and directions already. I don't know what you're talking about, Alex. <laughs> so we we always like to ask for a boring fact from our guests about yourself, because we don't like the interesting fact because we feel that's pressure. Most you boring. have to think it's not boring. I'm a member of the Founders Company. The Rounders Company. Founders, Founders. 
Founders, okay. <laughs> it's like, Rounders is great. I fucking love Rounders. What are you talking about? This is a boring uh, founders company. Uh, what's, what is the founders company? I'm stupid. I did talk to them at, at the Garrett Club um, and they, they, do fine, they do fine wine um, and they seem quite jolly. So I thought, you know, so yeah, very serious. Well, it was one of these kind of serious and silly things when I got um, both sworn in last year. There was no party because of plague, but there's going to be a party in July. I've just been invited to hooray. But yeah, so um, I don't know much about founding really, except that it's doing metal and um, making bells and things like that. Do you get to be trained in any of these, you know? Probably because I love nicely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've kind of jumped into it because I didn't have to work for seven years as an apprentice for like, you know, a bit of old bread crust and some stale beer. I actually just kind of became a member, gave me some money and bingo, you're in. Um was there a reason that you chose the founders rather than other type? Because is, the founders is one of the different livery companies, right? That was. That's it. Am I, am I right in that? I'm, yeah. yeah. Okay. So Louise, yeah, yeah, yeah. what any of that is? I'm really stupid. I have no idea what a livery <laughs> company is. Like honestly, I know nothing about this. <laughs> People sometimes call them guilds. They're not really guilds anymore, but um, they haven't been guilds for hundreds of years. But like goldsmiths, fishmongers, my lot, cordwainers who make shoes, um, plumbers who plumb. But there's also some really cool ones. The longbow string makers are probably my favourite. Um, the Lauriners. And you guess what the Lauriner did and you get a little prize. Um, what else? There are all sorts, of, all sorts of fun things. Haberdashers, saddlers. Lauriner. Lauriner, yeah. What's a Lauriner? No Googling. Ooh, um, how are you spelling it? L-O-R-I-N-E-R. <laughs> yeah. Lauriner with law. Law, as in, as in folklore, Lorena. I have no idea. They make loincloths, I've decided. Nope, that was the loincloth maker, sorry. Oh, God <laughs> I have no idea. Something to do with jam. Jam? No! <laughs> jam maker! You're not going to guess. Something obscure and early modern. Um... Think of, think of, you know the Monty Python Holy Grail film? Of course you do because mm-hmm. you're old. Yes. I mean, um, the bit where they're riding to Camelot, something to do with the beasties that they are pretending to oh. ride. Ah, uh, it's the Coconut Company. No! <laughs> <laughs> the horses. I would love to. Something, to, like do, something to do with horses. <laughs> Saddles. Well, I'll put you out your misery. They make basically um, the kind of smaller bits of tack. So they make things like the bits of metal that go on bits and. Um, uh, okay. I like the idea like of that. a coconut guild. There should be. Guild of coconut shells. Yeah. <laughs> we, can, we, we can add in some sound effects there. Um, there is a Walters company who did chickens and rabbits. And they gave they gave prizes. There was a wrestling contest every year at Bartholomew Fair in August, and the Poulter's company used to go along, all dressed up in all their gowns and fur and shit, and give wrestling prizes. And because they were the Poulter's company, the wrestling prizes were chickens and rabbits. Well done, well done, my man, for winning the wrestling competition. Have a rabbit. I mean, I don't understand why that stopped. WWE wrestling, when they've got all the theme songs, and like, everyone gets a rabbit. At the the rock, yes, and they just get a rabbit. Great. <laughs> or a chicken. Or a chicken. I think they're pet rabbits, though. I think they might have been eating rabbits. Oh, well. I am ignoring that fact. 
um <laughs> as a vegetarian i just I, I i just like the idea of like the rock with like a little rabbit a little fluffy bunny yeah. <laughs> little bunny little bunny little fluffy bunny little no, fluffy bunny for his massive frame yeah. fluffy bunny. that'd be really cute We also usually ask for a Tinder bio. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, here we go. Not a prom queen, but a pageant princess. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I love how your face doesn't even seem convinced by this, Tracy. It's, like, yeah. <laughs> it's not really, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very actually. That's very probably is my favourite. But it's a bit, it's a bit scary, isn't it? It's a bit, like, intimidating, you know? Like, Hello, I'm a scary prof. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, princesses are not not intimidating at all. <laughs> no, I, I also, I mean, I enjoy the alliteration, and I also enjoy the like the not a prom queen because bad things happen when people win proms. I'm just talking True. about Carrie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. Like, I'm 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 convinced. I mean, I'm, I I like the kind of the there's the the, the combination of monarchy and stuff because I feel like so, like so the pageant like the Lord Mayor's civic pageant. But was like, has that got anything to do with monarchy as well? Like, I feel like everything early modern stage yeah. has something to do with the royals always. It, it, it does a bit. I mean, the Lord Mayor was was you know, if the king or queen copped it and they didn't have a replacement, which like didn't really happen. But if, if it ever did happen, the Lord Mayor could just sort of deputise. Mm-hmm. Oh. I'm the queen, I'm the queen for a day. Woo-hoo. I mean, I also have the idea of like, have, have you ever yeah. seen the TV series Toddlers and Tiaras, where they do all the like little young kids doing pageants in the USA? I love the idea that there'd be oh, you should do you should do yeah. a remake, but like for for pa- early modern pageantry, and you make toddlers reenact pageants. That would be great, rather mm. than actual like beauty pageants. Mm. Well, we kind of engagement. We've got child actors involved in in the reenactment in the autumn, so I mean they're not that young, they're about sixteen, but hey, you know, um, yeah, no, they're, they're saying If you Google pageantry, that's what you tend to find. Just not that I Google pageantry because I kind of don't need to, but you know, if, if you did, you just get a moment. <laughs> I am Google of pageantry. <laughs> yeah, I'm also like because Alex is talking about the royals. I'm thinking about like how drag queens often do pageants. You talk about mm-hmm. pageant queens. In RuPaul's Drag Race, and I think that idea about pageantry and over-the-top displays of things. Uh... Yeah. So, what will constitute a pageant? Like, how does it actually? Is it in terms of you have X number of people carrying people in on chariots? Is it to do with costuming? Like, what qualifies yeah. as a pageant? Could I just like walk down the street in a very sort of over-the-top way and call it a pageant? <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Uh, Done. Yeah, definitely do that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you if you if you weren't if you know weren't any good at like acting or or just wearing kind of gowns or sitting on rhinoceroses or eating human hearts, you could pick up a stick, paint a stick, and put some ribbon on it, and you're a whiffler. Oh, a whiffler. Could be a whiffler. Yeah. <laughs> so is that all a whiffler? Like, where where does that word come from? What is that? Oh, what is a whiffler? I'm not sure. It's just a slur. <laughs> <laughs> A whiffler. Yeah, whiffler. Very important. Very important role. You know, make sure that people don't push other people out of the way and 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 steal your stick and stuff. But it's oh. important you ribbons. You have to have ribbons. So like kind of crowd control but also like Morris men. Yeah, that's exactly the kind of thing. <laughs> 
Right. So it's like an early modern Morris Man bouncer. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I'm so good at early modern. (laughs) (laughs) I understand so much. (laughs) Yeah, that's the ridiculous um, roles are there. So you've got the whiffler. Are they at the front or the back or like? They're kind of sort of alongside. They kind of walk like it's the kind of main event that's going on. They're just sort of like they are trying to stop people being naughty. Um, You could be with a missile box. You could be a crescent bearer, which means you're holding like a big torch metal framed torch thing which is full of kind of cloth or something soaked in something that makes it burn um and you're also wearing a straw hat the straw hat's very important straw hat next to fire that's a good idea yes it's right underneath the torchy thing as well so it makes a lot of sense doesn't it uh, <laughs> uh yeah that's good so, like you know catch the embers nice yeah mm-hmm. you'd be surprised to hear that people actually paid money not to be a whiffler or a crescent bearer in this period so like please don't let me do that <laughs> <laughs> so i'm just watching you parading around carrying a painted stick and laughing at me <laughs> cut my life into pieces this is my research methodology well i mean this is the other thing we all know about early modern right is that envy we're going back to envy um there were no women on stage right that's correct that's a fact so was it just like a topless man pretending to have tits on a rhino well he could i suppose he could have been wearing some carefully constructed kind of mm. flesh colored thing i'm pretty sure girls did perform but generally speaking i don't think you're required to take your top off all the time Okay. And it was October, so it was late October, so it would be bloody ah. freezing. Yeah. <laughs> so were were pageants like the theatre and all men as well in terms of performance? I th- I think there might have been some girls because they, they talk about girls. They often just say the children, so you can't always tell. Sometimes they say boys, but I, I'm pretty sure they might, they would have been mm. some girls performing. They would have got a lot of them from the local from the local schools, from Christ, Christ Hospital School or from Nurse Taylor's School. There's some really sweet things. A little boy got, I think it was threepence because he was supposed to be a drummer but was disappointed. So they gave him a no. And then some, another another little laddie got fourpence off the um, butcher's company for actually being a drummer. So were there roles that people wanted to do? Like you're saying that people didn't want to be like whifflers and that, but were, were there things that people no actually wanted, to, wanted to do? They just, they wanted to be fat eating and drinking until they exploded like Mr. Creosote, I think. That's what they wanted to do. <laughs> Having been to a few livery company feasts now, I, I, you probably would explode actually. It's just like, I mean, I actually had the last one I went to at my company hall, we did the past the port thing and everything at the founders hall. And I did, I did one um, at the Royal Artillery Company and we got clapped, I was in the table, we got clapped in. It's like, what? <laughs> just walking in and we were like, ah, what have we done? We're just walking in. No. <laughs> I love that though. I want to be clapped into every room I walk into. Do I have time to join the founders' company? Yeah, well, we're you know. No, we wouldn't actually. Sorry. <laughs> wow. We were thinking that early modern pageants sounded like they're like basically the Eurovision of the 16th, 17th century. So yeah. similarly, did the public reaction just fuck shit up? <laughs> like Eurovision. Yeah, that's a very compelling analogy, actually. Kind of who who's going to have the you know the stupidest costume? Who's going to have the most far mm-hmm. fetched speech? Who's going to have the most animals with them? There's a real arms race there. Prince Henry was brought back from the dead in 1624, and he was surrounded by an absolute menagerie of animals, all representing things. Oh yeah, I mean, because we we love an emblem, we love a symbol. Yeah, well, there was plenty of that. So there's like the obvious things, like eagles, and you know. 
eyesight, foresight, you know, and that kind of thing. Um, and there's also kind of slightly more outre things like, you know, I don't know, hippopotamus for speed. Actually, it was a camel for speed, in fact. I discovered something about hippopotamus. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> they can't swim. Hippopotamuses can't swim. They just bounce along the bottom. They, they don't have the ability to swim. You're kidding me. No, no, I, I had to Google it because I was like, that's bullshit. But no, I Googled it. And a reputable source, several reputable sources told me. Sorry. Um, sorry to absolutely derail things. But yeah. This is like the fog all over again. If you ever feel like you're underqualified for a role, remember that hippopotamuses can't swim. <laughs> Everyone thinks they can. Everyone thinks okay. you just gotta you just gotta fake it till you make it. What other animals were there? Um at the you did a drama tree showing his speed. I told you camels for speed. Yeah, you didn't know camels were fast, did you? No, I thought they just spat everywhere. Yeah, he's got he's got a snake for height of mind and the expectation of an undaunted resolution. Mm. Yeah. Bees and four holy lambs. Lots of sheep. Actually, loads and loads of sheep. They do love a sheep. I mean, I guess it's mm. easier to get a sheep than a camel in the... In the yeah, a bit easier to get a sheep, yeah, probably. I mean, sister yeah. Mark, they'd mostly be dead, but, you know, even so, you know, you can kind of reconstruct them. So you're saying about there being, like, a sort of resurrection of the king there. So do, do they always have some sort of conceit is there always like some sort of narrative i don't know if that's too formal a word for what happens during the yeah, show they've usually got a theme at least the one that's got envy set envy's carrot being set fire to is it's is middleton the first one middleton didn't did um and it it goes on a bit actually but it's like basically a series of big big fights between seal and his chariot and someone else in a chariot and envy on a God knows what a fucking ostrich or something. Um, and there are <laughs> and yeah, and they just like fight, 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 and then they move on somewhere else and have another fight, and it's great. Everyone's loved it. I mean, so how long were these? Oh, um, most of the day, really, because they start first thing in the morning, go down. There's a lot of bloody, bloody speeches, music, bloody, blah, down the river, boats, lots more stuff, speechy music, cannons, um, musicians, dolphins, and seahorses, sea lions, which were just lions in the sea obviously in this case the river then you go down the river blah, 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 come back a bit more of that um yeah so most of the day really i mean it does sound like quite a lot of effort like yeah <laughs> i mean it's a huge huge extravagance right so i'm trying to get over the, my, my idea of the scale of this because the only other things i know about in terms of like early modern performance it's all very stage based it's kind of like either it's in pubs or it's in you know actual um theater venues so what would it then have like looked like in terms of early modern london does the entire cityscape sort of transform into this like pageantry space? Is it a kind of like carnivalesque moment? It's it's a bit like the really um, the really sort of sad and skanky town pageant things you still get nowadays. Um, Taunton's got one. <laughs> That's lame. No, Bridgewater. Sorry, no offense to anybody from Bridgewater, but yeah, God, floats. I mean, it sounds a bit like you know the, the Edinburgh Festival, to be honest. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> the Lord show is is kind of yeah it's got a bit of that it's just trying to do your business on August afternoon in Edinburgh and there's some wanker doing mime yeah. and you're just trying to yeah. get it somewhere and you're getting flyered <laughs> oh, awful yeah you'd probably get you you would have got Morris dancers were a thing in this period actually but probably not as part of the show but giants and green men as well as the whifflers and the green men had like what they called squibs which are like fireworks basically 
but they'd like they'd, they'd sort of hold these sorts of things that sort of stayed fire at people to get them to get out of the way. I feel like there's a lot of fire hazards in early modern London. Yeah, you think Is that literally you? the reason behind the Great Fire? Like, <laughs> that, that's because Thomas Farriner didn't set his um, oven timer on. I like the idea that actually there's a conspiracy theory that is actually just a whiffler had a really bad day and <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's a conspiracy theory if you've just pulled it out your arse conspiracy theory implies that there are more parties involved <laughs> no this is definitely a conspiracy theory I'm gonna we're gonna post this podcast out and then we're gonna get a bunch of early modernists being like oh my god she's right my praxis my p-r-a-x-i-s what happened to so this is relevant stop laughing every time I ask a question because <laughs> sometimes they're relevant but what happened to the Lord Mayor's show in the years where, like, there was a plague or there was a massive fire? Because you're saying that 2020 got cancelled because of, you know, COVID. Yeah. But th- what happened in those years? Did they go ahead? Did did things change? Was it maybe not very tasteful to do a massive show with lots of fire after the city had basically <laughs> burned down? Like It was considered a bit bad, yeah. There was lots of, like instructions going back and forth they call presets and all may say in this time of great sorrow and you know we must not be seen to be partying like fucking bastards the whole time um so there's a certain amount of that they've done all great the lord may they just basically just trot off to the, to the tower and um have a little ceremony there and that's it really no whifflers no bars no barge no drums and pipes no rhinoceros nothing corpses everywhere you look you know god dear <laughs> It's true. 1603, Thomas Decker says in The Wonderful Year that literally you could not walk anywhere without crushing your feet on bones. Oh, God. It does sad. put COVID into perspective, doesn't it? No, it does really, yeah. At least, at least with COVID that people can, you know, respectfully buried and stuff rather than just left lying around. Oh, it's always a bright side, everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I think I'm a little bit shocked. <laughs> Shooketh. Let's go for the easier question then, to bring us out of the shock. So we obviously know the the big names of early modern London. We know the Johnsons, we know the Middletons, and we know the... He who must be not... He who must not be named. Must not be named, which I can't even say. (laughs) (laughs) But who are the names that we don't know, but should know? Garrett Christmas. I mean, that's a great name. Why don't we know about Garrett Christmas? Garrett Christmas and his sons, John and Matthias. He was the main moves man. He made, made, like, the animals. He He was your main man. He was Carver. A really, really good one. And he made a seahorse and a sea and he's lion. Like the Inigo Jones, but of carving. Yeah, with with no evidence that Johnson ever had a fight with him. So you know, <laughs> who are you though if Johnson hasn't got? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I say that like as if I know what I'm talking about, and I've no I don't. idea. <laughs> I've got no who's, idea. Who's Inigo Jones, <laughs> Louise? Tell us. No idea. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> he made a very nice door. There's a beautiful church called St. Helen Bishop's Gate in the city, and he, he did the most stunning, lovely door. Inigo Jones, the church. Oh. Yeah, Garrett Christmas was a man. He was amazing. What he could do. He made, he made this thing which is like probably clockwork, and it like had it sort of turned itself into a 12 parts of the world with like little figures in it and everything. It was like, wow, how'd you do that? So clever. Wow. Did <laughs> you do that, Garrett? So, so that was like a set piece, or what, what was that? Yeah, that was, that was the final pageant for the time of integrity, I think. Um, Middleton just says, yeah, it was kind of amazing. Um, I didn't really understand it, but it was like amazing. So like, yeah, okay, amazing's good. We also carved an ostrich, um, which still lives in Ironmongers Hall. I've seen it, I've touched its foot. Oh, were you allowed to? Just if you Google Ironmongers Company ostrich, you'll find it. Uh, it's about 
four foot high, I guess. Oh, cool. Okay, I see it. They had a little boy sat on it on the day, just as an Indian, with like a bow and arrow. Of course. Of course. <laughs> because early modern. Yeah, because early modern. Okay. And this is where you get like Catherine with her wheel and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, you get random. I mean, we think they're random, but they like, meant something then, obviously. Like, oh, it's very, very, very important that we have got to have some Catherine with her wheel because um, we're the haberdashers company kind of thing. But yeah, the ostrich is good because the ostrich's animal is the salamander. Um, as as is my company as well, um, because of fire things, you know, they can live in fire and, you know. But actually, they also really like the ostrich because the ostriches eat iron. Do they? What? Yeah. When they put their heads in the sand, that's what they're doing, they're eating iron. Yeah. You didn't know that? Ah, no, I didn't know that. I mean, I don't, I love how you said it. You didn't know that. I don't know fucking anything about ostriches, Tracy. Like, <laughs> I know they're big yeah. and they can kill you with their giant claws and they run at like 50 miles an hour. That's what I know about ostriches. They're yeah, ostriches busters. are bastards. Like, what I know is that ostrich yeah. feathers are preferable to chicken feathers on Drag Race. That's all I know. Oh, yes. That's <laughs> very true. Well, you know, I mean, you, your average early modern is like, you know, they see an ostrich, they well, don't see an ostrich because they don't live in London, but, you know, they, they see a picture of an ostrich or they hear about an ostrich or something and, and, and they've got their heads like in the ground and what's underneath the ground is basically iron if you go far enough and therefore... Of course. You're yes, eating, of course. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think Pliny probably isn't as well, so that's the usual excuse. It's in Pliny, you know, so it must be true. Uh let's see i have no idea <laughs> more of a comment than a question god i hate shakespeare so i'm noticing like i mean this is really obvious you mentioned like middleton and decker who are obviously known for their plays as well so was that a thing did did people get invited to be in charge of the pageant because they wrote plays like how how did it work how well, kind kind of, they basically had the pitch, so they were like rock up to the whole company hall or that master's house or something, and go like, right for 180 pounds, we will do you the most shit kicking show you have ever seen. <laughs> and then the other the other the other little team are going, their show's gonna be shit. Our show's gonna be much better than their show, and we'll do it for 175 pounds. Oh, so it's like Dragon's Den. <laughs> and they're saying that if Barry at Christmas and Decker turned out once the Iron Mongers and said we'll do it for two hundred pounds. They're like, you know, haggle, haggle, haggle. And the margin said agree for one hundred and eighty. <laughs> we saved twenty. <laughs> and in one, one occasion, Decker, Decker actually wrote his name in the company book, and I saw that at the Guildhall Library, and I actually kind of cried a bit. I stroked oh. it and cried. <laughs> stroked it. And cried. This is why we miss the archives. <laughs> I was like, someone notice notice I've stroked the page out and take it home with me and just uh, frame it up and just just frame it. Yeah. In my head, I'm like loser, but knowing full well I'm going to the Bronte Parsonage in like a couple of days, and I'm going to be skipping around like you know, even pageant. worse. <laughs> oh, absolutely! I'm going to stage my own Bronte pageant. It's going to be mm-hmm. how many years was Emily Bronte in Death's prison for? Eh? Not many. No, I don't. I don't think so. Not enough. <laughs> oh, there's lots of Dexter's oh. prisons and Dickens. They're fictional, though. How did you know that you were if you were at a good pageant? Like, were there any like absolute flops? Because they all sound incredible and amazing, and like I would have had the best time. And I kind of want to have a pageant now because it's been a year of shit, um, and I mm-hmm. need to kind of like have all the extravagance and ride around on an ostrich and just you know get yeah. the tits out. But was like, there like any there examples where pageants? they're like? Oh my god, we're gonna get like bears, but they turned out to be dogs. Like, where they're just like utter like yeah. we're promises made and not fulfilled. Anthony Mundy got in big trouble with the Ironmongers company because he'd um, he'd be given like uh, two hundred quid or something, and he bought a load of secondhand clothes, and they were really shit. 
for the costumes for the kids. They gave them right bollocking, it was hilarious. And said, you can withhold some of your fee and they're really bad. And you couldn't hear the children because they weren't properly rehearsed and you're just shit, Mr. Monday. And he was like, not my fault, I blamed everyone else like he always did. My guy. <laughs> Does a lot of your research then stem from reviews of pageants or sort of like, how, what are the actual materials that you gain access to in order to kind of get into this acoustic scapes of the, the pageant? What was it called? Uh, the new manuscripts, basically. I just, I just live in the world of secretary hands, which is, yeah, can be like, you know, you just want to go back 400 years in your little time machine and get the clerk of the blacksmith's company and punch the fucker for not writing that. <laughs> Seriously. I do love how seeing on your Twitter occasionally, they'll just be like, can anybody help me? What is this word? And I, I would love to try. I, there, it's a game I play with myself. I never get in touch because I don't know the answer. But I'm always just there like, what is that word? And it just makes me really glad that that's not what I do because I have to squint so hard and I have no idea what any of it says. You, get, you can tell you're getting tired at the end of the day because you start seeing words that like didn't exist 100 years ago. Why is he talking about telephones? What's talking about telephones? It's just my brain is scrambling. I'm just seeing words now. No, I, I could not. Like Victorian handwriting is oh, much worse. clearer, but even even that is hard for me. I can't do it. Like, I, I can't do handwriting. No way. No way. Sorry, you can't better. do writing. I can't do writing. Full stop. Yeah, she mocks me because I'm dyslexic. You mock Because she's me. I mock myself. I do. What's the difference then between a pageant and a mask? Is it just the setting? Is it just the fact that a pageant goes all the way through the city? Or is there like, are there rules when it comes to a mask? Limited early modern exposure is like, there's a mask in the tempest and it's shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's my, that's it. not a great play I don't like that play yeah I mean they are similar um in some respects um they're kind of thematic and there's lots of costuming um and singing people prancing around pretending to be you know charity or whatever zeal or whatever or a nymph from Niger you know yeah yeah I'm, you know I'm, I'm you know no really I can be anything I'm King Henry the fifth Okay, so, so Queen Anne, Queen Anne, Richard II's Queen Anne was quite popular because she apparently um, introduced riding side saddle, which is, of course, much more genteel and ladylike. Ooh, very ladylike. Mm. Celebrated for that, yeah. She's kind of like, yeah, strange people. Yeah, so normally the masters are normally at court or in kind of aristocratic houses, so kind of much more select thing. And obviously it was just in one, one very big room, mm. usually. They did a reenactment a few years ago of one of the masks that was held at one of the um, inns of court, and it was insanely dull, actually. Um, no disrespect to people who did it. <laughs> really hard on it. But my God, Jesus Christ, it was dull. It's like fucking hell. King James and Queen Anne and Master had very, very. Either they just dozed off, or they were probably actually what he's probably doing is playing Andrew Bursley's phone. Actually, what it's going on. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm paying attention. Yeah, because that was the thing that I always remember from doing the Tempest. That that's like, oh, Shakespeare shoved a mask in because. King James loved them. I'm kind of like, why? I feel like it's Queen Anne loved them. This is this this is the actual conspiracy theory that she like co-wrote the Mask of Blackness and Mask of Beauty because she was at the center of them, right? It's just kind of like when James came down to Scotland when he was like first arrived, and everyone was like, Who is this strange dribbling man who speaks a strange language? The royal entry would have to be postponed because of guess what plague? So the following year it happened. <laughs> and it's Decker's Decker's gun the fucking love him, but he wrote he wrote like a pamphlet, a kind of account of it and 
uh, James, they come down Cornhill and there's the Dutch Arch and there was all this and all that and the other. And there was this beautiful stage by St Mildred Poultry, which is why we're cats called St Mildred Poultry, um, where they're performing Danish music in honour of the Queen and all that kind of malarkey. And Decker says, and the King, the King basically fucked him because he was down by St Paul's by then. He was absolutely just like really not that interested. Can we guess where I've got somewhere to be? Can we just kind of maybe? And he actually says, Decker actually says they skipped a bit of it because he wasn't that interested. So. <laughs> I just love the fact that he says they did pretend that the king was like absolutely riveted. They're just like, oh yeah, didn't like that bit. So he kind of like, yeah, he just moved on. That must have been so gutting because, you know, there's nothing else going on. Months of planning, hundreds of pounds, thousands of pounds. Hundreds of thousands of pounds. That's what, so that's what I remember at the mask is that I was told that the masks would like in today's currency would run up to like for a single night's performance, like 150 grand is essentially what it would kind of cost for one, like in terms of today's yeah. money. Which, sounds great. Yeah, sounds great. <laughs> Jesus. But one one thing as well that I love is if King James really hated math, there's hundreds of A-level students like, <laughs> like for years writing their Shakespeare papers being like, oh, there's a mask because King James loved it. Like I definitely wrote that. Like, <laughs> So I, I love that like kind of false memory of uh, James maybe. He hated the masks. <laughs> Alex mentioned the mask of blackness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What the hell is that? That sounds horrific. I tried to describe it earlier and I did a bad job. Anna and her ladies, Anna was actually pregnant at the time, quite heavily pregnant. And they basically, they were kind of blacked up. It was a, it was a Johnson, Inigo Jones production. 1619, I think. First instance of early modern blackface using actual paint. What? Yeah, rather than, um, see, I know this from the fact that I had to teach a course on the 17th century stuff for, for, for God knows what reason, Tracy, but I did. It was wonderful. Um, but yeah, so it was the first instance of early modern blackface using paint rather than um, stockings and masks. It was a very difficult thing because basically the, the point of the play is that they transform from the nymphs of Niger who are black transform because of the power of James the sun um, who bleaches their skin obviously but they couldn't do that because it would involve like you know washing the women on stage so they had to split it into two masks so the end of the, of the first mask they kind of like disappear from what I remember but maybe that's wrong. That's about right. The boy who sits on the ostrich is an Indian boy and there's, there's a drawing of him. Abram would draw his face black so whether he was kind of blacked up or or you know or whatever I'm not nobody really knows but there were quite a few Indians and Moors and things littered around in civic pageantry as well people have written a lot about that recently because it's sort of a little bit of a bandwagon people jumping on actually because they're like oh colonialism like well n- not really no not not as such actually steady on guys you know slow down a bit it's the early 17th century we're not well that's why the mask of blackness is so interesting because it's like actually Mm. blackness is configured as beautiful in the play the line i always remember i can't i'm butchering it but something sort of about the only reason the nymphs want to transform is because poets have turned their brain the poets of the west have turned their brain to think that blackness is no longer beautiful it's always a fun one to talk about with students because they're like what poetry can shape ideas of race and you're like "Uh uh-huh because race is a construct but it's a fucking nuts mask. There's a line in one of the middle screen of the Moors says, I'm beauteous in my blackness. I mean, I'm not saying this is like, you know, they're not exactly, you know, Black Lives Matter protesters or anything like that, but it's 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 kind of, it's not just, you know, look at these savages. It's it's really more... It's far more sophisticated. Yeah, it's kind of more respectful because, you know, these are serious now, I'm serious. You know, these are, these are nations very mangled geographically, but they're nations that the, the English are trading with. They're not conquering them as such, and they're going off to... Mm. You know, the Indies, which the East Indies, um, you know, and, and spending a lot of money buying nutmeg off them and stuff, you know, I and mean, it probably wasn't, didn't go too well 
later on with East India Company stuff. But in this period, it's not. It's more a trading relationship, really. Which is really interesting as well to just kind of think about putting things into context, and it's not necessarily power relationship. No, definitely wrong. You do have these figures saying, you know, I'm, you know, why is everyone staring at us? Is it because we're black? Yeah, probably. They're good. I mean, they they do lots of hoopy things. It's not just about rhinos and largely about rhinos but not exclusively about rhinos (laughs) rhinos and hippos that can't swim right yeah hippos can't swim we're pretty boring unless you were queen anne so you're recreating the pageant when's that happening what what is that 29th of october assuming there's no further cataclysm yeah, we're not doing the whole thing. We've only got a thousand pounds. We can't do that much, but we're doing we're doing a bit of it. <laughs> the bit that we've got the money for lasts precisely three and a half minutes, so I hadn't noticed that. Um, so we're trying to kind of pad it out a bit, like and make it a little bit longer than that. So we're looking for <laughs> well, wants to kind of you know do the white stick with ribbons thing or or anything really. Um, you know, bring bring your own rhino. Obviously, we've got no no rhinos to be supplied. But if you can get it on the tree, bring it really is the kind of general message turn up and join in and um, there's a pub nearby so it's all good oh, cool. so we'll be on cheap it's on some shape or form pretending to be we've got some 16 year old boy pretending to be time and probably somebody being slain with a trumpet why is time 16 isn't he usually an old man yeah, or is exactly. it different yeah. in the pageant we're probably going to have actors teen actors there's a troupe called Edwards Boys who do a lot of this kind of they've done quite a lot of early modern plays and masks and things and but yeah no he has to, be, he has to to be an old man yeah all right okay i was like <laughs> is this something in the pageant is it like a a different take on time no no it, it's just pretty standard <laughs> yeah. people should read more of this stuff mm-hmm. they should look at our website civic london wordpress site it's full of all sorts of fun stuff you know if you want to read about children dressing up as st george following around the hall followed by the virgin then that's they're supposed to go everything you need to know about whistling <laughs> so there. the website for you <laughs> That's the website for you, yeah. Get the Whistler knowledge there as well. So cool, really. Great. Well, <laughs> thank you for uh, putting up with um, our knowledge. <laughs> yeah, absolute stupidity. I feel like I have learned a lot more, but I couldn't tell you what. No, it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> I've, learned... <laughs> I've learned so many new words today. Whiffler. Whiffler's going to be my go-to insult for anybody now. Yeah. You're such a whiffler. You're Mars a whiffler. <laughs> Mars a whiffler. We've been Long My Praxis. If you like what you heard, you can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget, a five-star output deserves five-star reviews. No reviewer two comments, please. Shout out to our biggest fan and most consistent listener, my mother, Faye. You can get in touch with us by emailing longmypraxis at gmail.com or finding us on Twitter at longmypraxis. Today's episode was brought to you by the letter P for pageant. And the number... 6800 and something. Our shape this week is... A whiffless stick. Remember to tell your friends with apologies for a cross-posting. Bye.